going on people, it's the Roto Reward family and we are back again with yet another episode. Come on. Another episode of Let Me Speak, Let Me Speak. Alright now. Another episode of Can I Chime In? <laughs> another episode to disturb your Spotify, SoundCloud or your okay, Apple. Okay. Another episode where the Newlywed series continues. That's right. Another episode where we're going to help you with your expectations before Amen. you get married. Back with myself, Gabs. And your girl, Aura. And obviously, as you know, Iman's not about. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However or wherever you are listening, we appreciate you. Right, first of all, thanks to everyone that listened to the first series. That was a good, uh, a good way to start. First episode, sorry. It was a good way to start a series, this newlywed series. Uh, our first episode of the series was on sex. <laughs> you guys made me get real, real, real <laughs> up in the street. Oh, God. It's good to be real, man. This I'm is, always real, but sometimes real I'm like, walk. anybody can hear this. It's different when you're being real with your friends. I even think <laughs> you sit on the fence personally. <laughs> not, in, not in the last episode. Yeah, last one you uh, came I out. I freed still. as much as I possibly could without freeing my whole nanny. <laughs> it's good, man. I think it's good because obviously the people are helped, man. They yeah. liked it. Um, and I think it's good to help people because obviously, like we were saying off off the mic, some people are probably you know not enjoying their sex life, <laughs> regardless of how long they've been married for. Um, and until actually you know Christians come out and say certain things, it might not necessarily be helpful. And some people might not necessarily want to go to the pastor for help. Some people might not want to go to their mentors or want to go to the older people within their church because it's kind of like I don't want my my friends knowing my business. I don't mind. Real talk, real guys know my business <laughs> because they're too far removed from me, but I don't want close people in my church knowing. So hearing certain things from us. True. That's why I'm such an advocate for normalising the truth because half the time, unless you talk about it, you won't realise that half the people around you are probably going through the same thing, have been through it, or will go through it. Mm. Life is cyclical and, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So Literally. I think we all need to just, like, be a bit more honest with one another, which is why I always come out here and put myself out here. And as embarrassing as it is. Continue freeing <laughs> and on, it's good. <laughs> I think it's obviously important to, to, to talk about sex, but we're not talking about sex today, by the way. But I think it's important to kind of talk about sex, especially as Christians, we rarely did have these conversations because obviously we, weren't, we were told we're not allowed to have these conversations. But I think it's obviously important. Sometimes, or I might just message you saying, what does the scripture say about different positions? True. <laughs> I might just send a massive random message like, you know, what's what's this toys thing? Talk to me about this toys thing. <laughs> um, so I think I think certain things are, certain convos are, are, are helpful, <clears throat> man. When you when we had a conversation about toys, I was just like, okay, or as a Christian, or as a minister, okay, <laughs> so if, if she's saying this, then... Maybe yeah, maybe this could be a goal. That, that episode where we were talking about toys. <laughs> it's beneficial. It's helpful. It is, and and it I'll is. stand by it. The minute the minute I get on toys, my sex life is gonna go clear. <laughs> well, there's pros and cons, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I definitely think it's obviously important to have these sort of conversations um, about sex with obviously your people, people that are able to free the realness with you, people that are able to be comfortable and obviously have these conversations. If anybody has com- questions, by all means, hit Aura up, hit myself up. We'll definitely. Uh, talk to you and I'm sure Ori might free up the nine a bit more off the so mic. You so you people can screenshot me and put me there. Call me. I man. hear that. I, I hear that. Anything on the socials for you lot to try and drag me. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Give them the tea, man. But anyway, so today we're really going to talk about um, the expectations that were played or what our expectations were when getting to married. Because obviously someone asked me um, a question in and around and someone said we should talk about what we were told marriage would be like before 
we got married and um, any sort of um, expectations that we may have had about marriage that, you know, it didn't really meet. That doesn't make sense, Gabs. But any sort of um, desires we had and our expectations weren't necessarily met and that sort of stuff. So, and I thought it would be a quite interesting topic. And I think I'll probably start because you're looking at me very, very confused. Go so on, <laughs> I'll probably start. I think one one um major thing I used to always hear, always before I got married, so when I was engaged, even in relationships, and I think we Christians, we love to bang it out and I never <laughs> did understand why. But people that are married used to always say, make sure you communicate. Communication is key. <laughs> communication is so important. Now, married couples used to bang out. And married people used to, um, pastors, oh, yeah, communicate. Make sure you talk. And I'll be real, like, when I was just in my relationship two, three years or however long it was, I used to think, well, obviously we're going to communicate. We're married. Obviously we're going to talk. Why are we not going to talk? Are we fighting? Are we arguing? Obviously we're going to communicate. Like, why would we not communicate? And I didn't really get it, I'll be honest. I used to just think, it's so easy. You're giving me the most basic advice ever. Like, I would be asking people, oh, what's your top three tips about marriage? And the first one would be, I'll oh, make sure you always communicate. And it's just like, well, obviously, it's my best friend. We already communicate now as it is. <laughs> but then I think in getting into marriage, I started to deep that this, this thing they call communication is deep, man. Like, and it could, it could just be the little things, but I think it's very, very deep. Like, how we... How we talk to each other, our, our body languages, our, well, our body language when communicating, our stance when communicating, our, 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 the tone of our voice when communicating, um, I think it's obviously very, very important. The voice fluctuations or the lack of sometimes, I think it's obviously very, very important when it comes down to communication. And I think I realised that communication is is not just what we say, it's no longer the words that come out of our mouths, but it's it's the delivery. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's the it's the tone, it's it's them things are very, very important. And like sometimes even in workspace where you have these like funny little quirky meetings regarding work where they're teaching you about different personality types and all stuff. And they say, you know, you can say the same things in two different ways and it means something completely different to very one person true. to another. And I think in marriage that's when I probably used to deep it. Um, I probably used to realise that something I say would be so basic could easily be read in a different way because of how you perceive certain information mm -hmm. or how you may have been spoken to in your past or how you've spoken to when growing up and I think it's very, very important whereas for me, it's just like that's just how I talk, that's how I communicate but for you, you read it in a completely different way and I think communication for me is something that I realise and I thought I get, I get why the pastors were screaming yeah, make sure you're communicating with your wife and the communication is not just just what you say, but it's how the other person perceives what you're saying. And I think that's probably more important. One thing I've realised that's more that's been more important and prevalent in my marriage as opposed to me just thinking, I've said X, Y, Z and I mean X, Y, Z, but if that's not what it means to you, then I've got to kind of speak in a way that you can understand. Do you know what I mean? A lot of the time... We, we may easily say, oh, but this is just how I am. This is how I talk. This is how I communicate. And sometimes I'm, I'm guilty as Charles to this day. <laughs> um, sometimes my wife may feel away because I've said something. And I'm like, but you know me, though. You know I didn't mean it that way. Like, yeah. It's not a person that I am. happens to me as well. <laughs> All um, the time. But I think a lot of the time is, is, is perception. Um, how you feel at that moment could determine how you perceive what I'm saying to you. And I think them, them things is one of the things I thought, raw communication is, is definitely being deep. For me, I would say um, I was. It's funny because I was talking to my husband about this recently, and I was saying to him that, you know, when we first got married, like I always used to hear people 
whenever you get advice, marriage advice, I always used to hear people say that it gets better with time. Or I always used to hear people say, like you'd look at these couples and you'd be like, oh my gosh, they're so inspiring. Or you'd look at a couple who's, who's who you think is doing marriage well and I'd be like, oh, you know, he really understands his wife or she really understands her husband. And, you, and people would say to me like, oh, but the, the the products that you see today mm. is not the products that it was when we first got married. I'd be looking at people 10 years, 15 years, 20 years deep and they'd be like, yeah, but it wasn't like this when we first started. Mm. And I never used to deep it. And I was saying to my husband the other day that even though we've only been married four years and there is, by God's grace, so much more life ahead of us and so many more years to be achieved, I was saying to him, like, I get that now, why people used to say that, because what we where we are now in year four is not where we were in year one or year mm. two. Like, we've grown so much. And if people were to look at us and say that, oh, my gosh, Oren and Eugene are really, really inspiring, I'd be thinking, you don't even know where we came from. You don't know mm. how you know we used to communicate with one another or you don't know the arguments that we used to have mm. and now i really get what that means in year four seeing how much we've grown and how much better we've become as a unit mm. i really get it when people are like don't look at couples five years in ten years in thinking oh my gosh this that, and the other and then go and compare what you have at home to, mm. to somebody's 10 years because they've obviously grown in that time mm. Um, Sorry, go on. Yeah, so I think for me, that's one of the biggest things that now I'm really starting to see the fruit of. Mm, that's quite interesting, actually. Do you think, obviously, taking your yourself out of the equation, do you think married couples in year one can have a lit time? Yeah, definitely. We had a lit time in year one as well. Not but... lit, as in, like, you can be an example. Like, for example, what you're saying is, fourth year, you can see the growth, you can see the change. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean... For anyone listening, this doesn't mean Ori's marriage was turmoil in year one. Bruh. Um, <laughs> it low-key was. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But um, how you were in year four, mm. do you think couples can have that in year one? Yes, definitely. Because people don't need to make the same mistakes that I made. Sometimes a word is enough for the wise. And sometimes if you actually listen to what people are saying, you can have it from day one. Do you reckon? Yeah, I do. So think, I, whilst it, I think that... It can be avoided, yeah? I think some of the mistakes we made can be avoided 100% if you mm. if you just take heed to what people are can saying. Can you give us an example? No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just, I just can't think of one off the top of my no, head right cool. now. Do you reason why I say this here? Because I think... Obviously... Oh, actually, here's one. Oh. Sorry. So, some people might know that my husband is an athlete. Um, he's an accountant as well because if I don't say that, he'll he'll tell me off. He's mm-hmm. an accountant but he's also an athlete. And when, if, when we first got married, he wasn't, he wasn't an athlete he wasn't doing what he's doing now he he was just an accountant and he uh, entered into this uh this world in our first year of marriage and one of the things that i really struggled with is that i i didn't sign up to to be a wag <laughs> like <laughs> um you know the the training and the intensity and the hours that comes with what he does um i just was not that I wasn't not supportive of it. I was supportive of it, but I just I wasn't. I just wasn't. Um, maybe I didn't communicate that in a way that he he understood that I was supportive of him. But now in year four, four years of doing this and four years of practicing and and making it work, and obviously we have a child and things like that. I think I'm now his absolute biggest fan when it comes to what he does with with his um athletics. I think he's incredible, and I will shout that from the rooftops for the day I die. So I think that I've had to learn, for example. To, to champion him in a way that he appreciates 
it wasn't that I wasn't doing it before, but maybe I was I, I was playing che- checkers and he was playing chess. It, I wasn't doing it in a way that he could understand. So maybe that's an example. Which which is amazing, and it's good that you share that. It's definitely amazing to obviously see how you've grown with, from year one to year four. However, what could somebody have told you before you got married that would have prepared you for this? Because so how would you have known? My unpopular opinion is <laughs> that I don't really think that all of this pre-marriage counselling and all of that is really worth that much. There we go, alright. There we go. Some things are unavoidable. Which is why I think any couple that gets married, you're going to have issues. Agreed. It and can be lit at the same time. Yeah. But I think you're going to have issues. And I think I think men and women probably see it different. Like a woman, and I'm not going to use you as an example, but I think a woman may see it the, fir- the first year, for example, as, yeah, we're having issues. The man might see it as, right, this is lit. But it really depends on how each each person views the situation and views the issue and how on people's tolerance levels as well. I think that's obviously quite important. But I do think that, yeah, when you get married, there's certainly going to be a few a few teething problems because yeah. obviously it's two people come from different... Unless, if you've lived together beforehand, then... Even, mi- even if you have, there will still be teething problems, I think. And I think, I, I don't know if, if they can be avoided. Do you know what I mean? I think there's always going to be some small issues because... Two people coming together, you know, well, supposed to have not lived together, so you come <laughs> living together for the first time. You're doing this this marriage thing for the first... Well, might not be the first time, but it's two people come together for the first time. It's going to be quite challenging. It's quite hard. You can definitely have a lit lifestyle for sure. I expect my married couples too to be lit, do you know what I mean? And that, I don't mean sex all the time, but just different experiences. That's have fun, the other. enjoy one another, enjoy um, being together and enjoy being married. intimacy and... The, do you know what I mean? Just different mm-hmm. things. Talking till four in the morning, like just, just silly things. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I definitely think you can be late, but at the same time, I do, I do feel that there's going to be teething problems. But you mentioned obviously about premarital counselling, so I think we could probably talk about that. Yeah, my unpopular opinion, and it's definitely unpopular, is that I think that it's kind of pointless. Why do you think that? <laughs> because I think that unless you're in battle, nothing can really prepare you for the battle like they can tell you it's going to be this it's going to be that get your armor ready but until you actually start waging war i'm using that as an analogy like nothing can prepare you for it Mm. in my view so there's nothing that they can tell you and also a lot of the time as well when we have when you do premarital counseling people are giving you their experiences based on what's worked for them true and ultimately, every marriage is going to be different and every married couple is going to have a different way of doing things. And it's a unique flow for you guys to decide as you get married and you will continue to decide that the longer you stay married for. So I therefore kind of think it's a lot A lot of it is pointless and leads to false expectations mm. when in reality, you won't know what it's going to be like and what's going to work for you until you're actually in it. Mm. I do agree with that. I definitely do agree with that. It's definitely an unpopular opinion. I definitely do hear the opinion depending on how quality the premarital counselling is. Um, I also don't think that people are always going to be willing to be honest when they're being in marriage counselling. It's not until the thick of, when you're in the thick of it in marriage and marriage reveals all your flaws and you have nowhere to hide that you then have to start telling the truth to yourself. And so that's another reason why I don't necessarily think that premarital counselling is that beneficial because people are going to bring their best self to the pre-marriage counselling is almost like a performance it's only when you then get into what do you mean people bring their self they're not married so what do they have but it's like you know how I think I've said it before on the pod like when you're dating and even to an extent when you're engaged 
you're always going to put your best self forward yes you'll crack and yes you will show elements of of your flaws and your character flaws but fundamentally you're always going to put your best self forward but once you get married i think in, that the in, scales start to fall up the, in, they start to fall off maybe i'm not understanding in the premarital counseling you're not married you haven't been married yet no but so how can you bring your best self forward in the sense that it pre-marriage counseling will usually take the format of either a married couple talking to you guys or doing classes on different topics whether it's communication yeah. sex finances that's what we had, yeah. yeah that's what we had as well. well we we had two different versions so like those that's the two that we had and mm. obviously in those discussions when they ask you oh what would you do in such and such a situation you're gonna say oh, really? from your little naive i didn't, I didn't get them, them questions, opinion yeah. that you're gonna be like you haven't been in that situation you're gonna be like yeah well this sounds like what i would do that sounds like the right thing to do but ultimately, you don't know what you're going to do until, unless and until you're actually in that situation. And you might realise that in that situation, you're not as nice or kind-hearted as you thought you would be because you're not looking at it from the rational perspective. You're now looking at it from an emotional, I'm actually in this situation and my feelings are hurt or I'm angry or I'm this or I'm that. Um, yeah, so that's... Maybe there's a flaw in certain pre-marriage counselling then. But I, I, don't, d- I don't think a married couple should be asking me who's engaged, what would you do in such a situation? Well, don't not ask me such a, you're asking me to fail, bro. But I'm here what, for help. Okay, so, I don't know. What was your marriage counselling like then? So, us, we, had, we had classes. So, we had one class on finances, where this one, we'll talk, well, pastors and a married couple will talk to, talk to us about different ways of saving, for example. Mm-hmm. I.e., um, have your own account, both of you have your own account, and have a joint account, for example. That's one way. Another way is, your salaries all go into your joint account and through there you live life. And another way is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like a finance workshop. Another workshop might have been sex where they'll talk to us about sex, whatever. But anyway, all the classes, it was very much the pastor talking to us. So they didn't give you any opportunities to have conversations no. about what worked for you and this no. and the other. Because I don't, I don't think that would work. Because you can't ask me what would I do if, if my wife slapped me, God forbid, for example. But we had... Well, not if you're, you're, you're not that part, but we had we had we had so we had two lots of of marriage counselling. One was with my church, the church I was attending at the time, and one was with the church my husband was attending, which is the church we currently go to, and they kind of took two slightly different formats. So the first one was like the one you described, but we also had it. It was like in a group setting, mm. so we also had the opportunity to to have scenarios and discuss how we would handle those scenarios. How beneficial is that? Well, this is what I'm saying. Okay. I don't think I think yeah, I don't think it's beneficial because. As practical as the tips are, and yeah, you probably do get a few bits out of it, ultimately, you don't know what you're going to do unless you're in that situation. Even like the finance one that you're saying, you might think, oh yeah, before we get married, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have my own account, he's going to have his own account, then we're going to have a joint account for bills. You might start to do that and realise that absolutely does not work for you guys because one person's earning like way less than the other person and therefore it makes more sense for you to pull your resources. Or you might find, for example, that the husband has a, a terrible spending habit and therefore it doesn't work that way. Like, so many different things can come into play in practice that you might not necessarily have seen come in when you were engaged or when you were dating. And so for that reason, I don't really think... I don't want to... I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that pre-marriage counselling is pointless. No, I think it's I the think start. if e was here, he'd be like, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think it's the style. I think the style of them asking you what would you do in such situations, I think that's flawed. Yeah, but I don't know what they want from that. No, but... Because we, we had both, because they, we also had like no, I'm, lessons. I'm talking about that aspect, though. I'm not talking about. It does them make teaching. you think, though, because it helps you to think. Like, actually, what would I? I've never thought about this before. What would I do? You, you probably. 
Unless you've been married before, it might not be wise for you to think because you're probably going to think because you've never experienced such a thing. But you do have to be in the next to an extent prepared for certain things, so it does make sense to have. Yeah, this... But you're the you're the inexperienced one. Yeah, but then it's like for again <laughs> to go back to the finances, it does make sense to have an idea of how you think you're yeah, going but, to manage so they, your finances. So Otherwise, the, it'd be stupid to just go in. Yeah, blind. so that's why that's why the pre the person running the premarital classes are here to give you the options. They shouldn't be telling you, I'll oh, have two joint accounts and blah, no, blah, blah. No, but they give you that's options. what I'm saying. They give and you the you options can... and then they ask you in session, oh, yeah, what do you think you do? And that's the part. And then you're like, this is what we're going to do. And then you're like, actually, no, it's not and, working. And that's the part I don't agree with. But I think it makes sense because it gets people thinking. Yeah, why? It's even worse if they just give you the tools and then they don't give you, no, giving... they don't give you the resources to help to help you actually understand them and, and to, to figure out how you'd use them in practice. I do well, we think that know. there's We're not benefit. There. It's very hypothetical. I, We're not there. Exactly. Though. So what's the point? But marriage counselling is always going to be hypothetical because but you won't know you op- until you... If we're giving you the options, that's not hypothetical. We're saying these are the possible things you can do. It's down to you. What works for you? But even still, even if they're not asking you outright at the time, okay, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have, you're gonna go home and have those conversations. You're gonna have with those your discussions, husband, yeah, yeah, with your or wife, fiance at the time, yeah, and you're yeah, gonna think, true. okay, this is what we're gonna do, yeah. and then you might get to the other side and realize actually it doesn't work for you because yeah, that's okay. of X Y Z. That's nothing to do with the premarital counselling, though. It is though, because oh. those are the tips and the, the resources that they've given you, and that's what yeah, you're but, now putting into practice. Saying, okay, and maybe you realise that in reality it doesn't work. Maybe if we give you all of the possible options, some of them do work. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, if you give all the possible options, have two solo, have have a solo account each and a joint account. That's one option. Next option is just have a joint account. Next yeah, but option it's never, is they're never going to be able to give you every single scenario. For, oh, yeah, for yeah, example, every... they might say do all of that, and then you do all of that, and you realise that the person you married has a terrible approach to money. Or they're, they're a gambler on the side. Yeah, you still need to have an account though, isn't it? Yeah, but still... It's either a solo or a joint. There's not many options other than two, those course. two. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I'm making is that there's only so far that pre-marriage counselling can really do for you because once you actually get in the marriage... Oh, yeah. yeah I think, obvi- just, obviously, uh, those things, yeah. I think I think the classes and I think the person running the marital classes teaching us, I think that's what's beneficial. Just give me the knowledge, bro. Give me the knowledge. Because then once you give me the knowledge, then we can obviously go away. Agreed. And obviously this is why people say continue to have um, counselling as a couple. That, I 100% agree with. Because then you can tell them, look, this is what I've been doing. Yeah, blah, that blah, I, de- blah. I actually think that it's more beneficial but if we scra- post-marriage if than we it is before. If we scrap pre-marital counselling, yeah, people are going to go into marriage not knowing. People true. are going to ask their friends. <laughs> that is true. But also you'd hope that people have conversations with the person that they're marrying to find out certain things. The person they marry might not know either. Also true. If but I, two, I actually think that... you've got two people um, never had a girlfriend before, never had a boyfriend I agree. Before. It would be... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? People it would need accountability, be man. kind of stupid to enter marriage without having some form of counselling. However, it's probably more beneficial in the marriage post or post-marriage. Like having... Because now you... You're living, you've experienced it, you're living together, you're facing these dilemmas. I found, as someone who's done pre-marriage counselling and has done marriage counselling whilst I've been married, I found it to be way more beneficial whilst being married. Yeah, I hear that. I can understand why you, why you thought it was more beneficial. I definitely do hear that. I think if you can do both, I think it helps. I definitely think you should do both. I'm not saying no people should get married without pre-marriage counselling yeah, because think... that would be... Um, uh, not a uh, not a good thing to say. I think it's definitely important to do the pre, um, especially for the person who has no idea about marriage, who has no idea about savings, who has no idea about money, who has no idea about sex, who has no idea about being a man of the home, or etc. I can go on for days. I think it's definitely important to have the premarital counselling so people can give you a heads up. And I think accountability is always important. I think it's always important having people who have lived the life that you want to live 
being able to say this is what you can do if you have certain if you're in certain situations and it also gives people the opportunity to ask questions do you know what i mean people can ask the questions and just be like you know i.e the sex one we talked about last episode what is sex going to feel like the first time if they had if they had received the counseling that we basically gave yeah. in the last episode before they got married then people could have prepared a lot better rather than having But that's an issue the thing though a lot of the time the pre-marriage counseling it's all very surface level it doesn't go into the it doesn't really go into that kind of conversation because mm. we're not as Christians having these conversations. Now we are more often and it's much better. But generally speaking, we haven't been having those conversations as, as often as we need to be. That's, that's probably what the issue is. Or if we have the conversations, we have them mm. in our friendship circles. Yeah, we probably have them in our friendship circles. And even then, sometimes people won't always be 100% honest. Do you know what? I think, obviously, I was going to say it's because we're too busy... Um, talking about men having confidence we're too busy talking about True. how to find someone how to, we're too busy talking about dating that we don't really talk about relationships however on the flip side to look at things holistically I can understand why because most people are single one and two people in relationships probably don't want to talk maybe people in relationships don't necessarily want that accountability maybe they feel like they know it all or they don't want to they don't want to put their business out there and be uncomfortable yeah which yeah. I hear as well because uh, yeah, I think that's something that we often say mm. in Christianity like oh don't don't let other people know what's going on in your marriage keep it between yourselves only those that accounts you need to need to know etc 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 so sometimes I think we when we have those conversations with our friends we don't necessarily open up the way that we we should mm. true I agree with that I think that's definitely what the difficulty is when it comes to people in relationships for sure it's obviously being honest and obviously that transparency, whereas I think a lot of single people are probably a bit more honest and transparent, maybe because they see the need for help a bit more than people in relationships. No, I think it's because also when you're single, you've got it's, it's your business you're chatting, but when you're married, there's another person that you have to consider. You have to consider, does, does the person you know. that you, you, you're married to you want you, you to, I think, to I think say you all think this? this? I, think you, I think you think like this because you're a sweetheart. I don't think people are thinking like that. What, you don't think married couples consider what no, the I'm other person... In relationships. I'm seeing people in relationships, like boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't think a man in a relationship is thinking about his... Oh, I can't say something because I'm my girlfriend. <laughs> that I, one I've never heard before. No, what I'm saying is, like, if I'm having a conversation with somebody... Oh, as in you don't yeah, want to... Oh. Like, yeah, but wanna... you don't need to do that, though. I'm saying for accountability for a couple. A couple who may think, oh, I don't pre-counselling, I don't know how to go about that. I want to speak to Aura, who's married. Will the girl who's in a relationship or the boy in who's in a relationship feel comfortable to come and chat to you and be like, yeah, Aura, how do I... Boom, 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 yeah, boom. I don't think people do feel comfortable doing that. And I think that's the issue where single people will pretty much come to you and be like, oh, I'm struggling yeah, to get a man or I keep knacking and I can't, do you know what I mean? Help me out. But so. I think for the good of your relationship, you will eventually, like, if you hit rock bottom and you know you want to make this work with that person. That's the issue. Why, you will why start, do you need to hit rock bottom? But that's the thing, people wait till they, exactly, help. people do wait till they reach rock bottom before they start looking for help. Don't wait for him to slap you before you start seeking yeah, help. They do. Seek help when he shouts at you, sis. That's the thing. I don't come think to we come do to that. us when he shouts at you because that's where it starts. Yeah, I agree. Don't wait before he gets a crowbar and whacks you over the head. Yeah, I agree. I think marriage is a very delicate thing, though. Generally speaking, anyway. So just relationships, even before marriage. Um, yeah, relationships are very delicate. In relationships, come to us like not us as in me or about just people. Like speak up when things are not going the best. Don't just, don't come and speak to me, oh, because you don't have to find a man or you don't have to find a girlfriend or you're lacking confidence. Do you know what? I think a lot of the time, like, when you're in a relationship, I think people assume that married couples have it all together. 
and so therefore they don't want to come and share their issues because they feel like people wouldn't understand Mm. but in reality that's not the case like no one really has it all together Mm. people are all dealing with stuff behind closed doors yeah no i do agree i definitely do agree with that for sure i definitely do agree with that and also people aren't open enough about when they're having problems understandably though because again it's a delicate thing you don't want to just be spilling your problems to everybody but i i wish that Another thing I I wish I'd known from other people is that marriage isn't perfect. People do have disagreements and they do have ups and downs. I know people say it, but they didn't really tell me what kind of disagreements they were having. (laughs) Um, And then you realise what kind of disagreements people are having. You're like, I didn't even know that was possible. And then it makes you see your situation, look at it in a different light and be like, oh, okay, so it's not broken. It's just that it's a communication struggle right now or this is just a part of life struggle. Yeah, true. I think what you said is right. I think people in relationships probably just don't want to be open about what they're going through or any little issues that they may have. And I've learned nobody's perfect. Everybody has, everybody's mad, as they say. And so many people have so many wild the amount of stories I've heard from married people. I'm like, wow, I did not even know people could be going through this. Mm. And so that's, that's to encourage people and just be like, everyone's going through something mm. in their marriages too. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, true. That's true. One thing as well that came to me as a shock, it wasn't even a deep shock, but um, I think I might mention it before, actually. I, I, I wanted fresh rice, like, every day, man. <laughs> I think you did say this. I think I've heard you say this before. That was a key thing for me, man. Is that I, what, is that what you had eat... at home? No, I don't even know where it came from, you know. Then I was going to say, I where just... did you get this impression from? I, just, I think it's because I don't like rice from the fridge. Yeah, neither do I, really. Like, it loses its flavour yeah, a little. The then you have to warm it in a microwave extra longer. It's not the same. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, obviously, in... When I was obviously at my mum's house, my, yeah, rice and stew was definitely a go-to. It's definitely a go-to. <laughs> so, I kind of had a mindset of, if I'm having any rice dishes... They have to be fresh. It's got to be fresh rice. If I'm having curry chicken, fresh rice. If if my wife is making curry goat, fresh rice. Whatever, <laughs> whatever I'm eating with rice, fresh rice. <laughs> If I'm if I'm making stew up fresh rice, yeah, going to marriage, you realize, Gabs, you're not eating fresh food every day, bro. <laughs> of course, you're not eating fresh food every day. The woman's gonna go to work. There's no fresh food every day. It's like raw. Is that what it is? Made me realize, Gabs, if you want fresh food, make the food, bro. <laughs> that is funny. You're not having fresh That's food every day, bro. That's such a random day, thing bro. to expect. I'm trying to think of any of mine that are like silly like that that I expected and it's not been the case. Literally, bro, it just like made me think. But I think, especially with the cooking, it's just one of them things, and it probably is a lot of men that men probably think, yeah, I'm gonna get married because I'm gonna have a wife who's gonna cook all these luxurious <laughs> meals. All the time, every single day. With this, one day I'm gonna be having caviar with smoked ribs and <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And you get married, you realise, yeah. It's a kiss. You're gonna not possible, need, not if possible. If it's a Sunday dinner, absolutely. Have, have Even Sunday dinner every week. It's not every week you do elaborate Sunday lunch. Well, not me anyway. Speak on it, sis. Speak <laughs> on it. Speak on it, boy. But yeah, I think for men, it's definitely, I think food is an expectation because they told us food's the way to a man's heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I blame these pastors, man, because mm-hmm. for some men, it's not food, it's something else. Sex. That's another <laughs> thing that a lot of people expected you to be, like, people think you're going to be banging every day when you get married. It's just not, it's just not feasible. It, it's not to be... Mm-hmm. Every single day, seven days a week, 24-7, 365, could possible. Depending on what you classify as sex. 
Penetration, yeah, yeah. And I was talking different. more about penetration, to be fair. Oh uh, yeah, that one, yeah, it's a bit of a mystic. It will even be sore. <laughs> <laughs> be, anyway. I hear it. Um, but yeah, they would tell us food's the way to a man's stomach. So a lot of men will think, yeah, they're gonna have fresh food and they're gonna have um, one lobster with salted <laughs> prawns with with a cup full of um, white ro- coconut rice and. Sauteed broccoli on the side. That is funny. You think that's what you're gonna be getting every other day? I mean, if the wife can do that, then amazing kudos to you, man. But I think it's definitely one of them shocks that occurs before marriage. You get married, you realize, yes, it's different, man. It's different. I would appreciate though if people prepared us for marriage a bit more, though, on a general scale. But how can they? We already said that they do pre-marriage counselling. There's only so much that there's only so far that can go. What else know, can I think, people do? I think obviously with premarital counselling, it's a bit formal. It's very much yeah, it is. Me, and my fiance, opposite the pastors, they're talking yeah. to us, or it's a group of engaged couples. And you've got a married couple or pastor standing in front of us with a whiteboard. Like, it's very formal. All right, they might bring biscuits and tea, but it's still <laughs> very, it's still quite formal. But I think before I got married, I didn't have, like, people I can just chat to. Yeah, same. same. Don't get me wrong. I did, I think I had a brief WhatsApp convo with E-Man um, <laughs> about sex. But he, he didn't know I'd already had sex before. <laughs> what did you say? I'll talk us through this conversation. He's not here today. To, he is not here, so you tell us. So you can't interrupt me. From your perspective, um, I'm actually intrigued. It was unsolicited as well. I didn't ask it. I didn't ask him for help. Oh, so what happened? I he, think we were just he talking. He just started giving you advice. He just started, yes, yes. Yeah. Because obviously he's thinking he's a virgin, so let me prepare him. No, no, no. I've what did been, he say? I was knacking, but... <laughs> I can't remember what you were saying, you know. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. But you probably just said a typical thing of take it slow. Don't worry, you're going to really enjoy. You know I mean, just the typical things that you say to a man who, who you think is about to have sex for the first time. <laughs> but I think generally, I also, I remember actually, I must point out actually, I did have a conversation with Iman and Ayo. I think I remember hitting them both up. I was just like, look, boys, I'm about to get married. And I think we are, I took them, when did I take them? Um, chicken Cottage. We sat in one chicken cottage. All places. I know, right? <laughs> we sat in one chicken cottage in London Bridge and we spoke for a couple hours just about marriage. Um, they That's actually the, beautiful, man. Yeah, it was nice, to be fair. They shared their experiences, that sort of stuff. But I don't think... I don't think I had enough of that. And I don't know if that's because I didn't make most of the people around me or there just weren't enough people around me. I don't know. It could be both. I don't know. Both I definitely didn't have that. At the time I was getting married, I was one of the first in my friendship group to get married. So it wasn't like, where was I actually going? <laughs> I literally had to intentionally seek people out. And then you have to build a relationship of trust with those people to decide if you whether or not you want to free your business with those people anyway. So for me, it was very much a, I've had to learn as I go along. And obviously now it's four years in and so many more people married. And especially now it's just like an explosion of marriages. So now I have lots and lots of people I can go to and ask. And, you know, there's a few of my friends that are married. Quite a lot of my friends are, get, are married now. So, you know... With time, I've built that network, but I definitely didn't have that in the beginning. That's another thing I, I would say I expected to have that I didn't have. I think that's a downfall as well, to be fair, because even in my my main friendship group, my main batch, I'm yeah, leading the pack. Same. In my like, closest girls, it's a bit more. It's a bit more even now as as over the last couple of years, but it's still it's the first yeah. one. It's hard. It's hard being your first it's, one. It's really hard being the first one. In my my batch, the guys that I call my main. Mate, when I got married, they were single. Yeah, same. 
I haven't chatted to them about same, relationships, same let alone marriage. Same for my girls, same for my girls, <laughs> But yeah. relationships, because if I do chat to them about relationships, they're talking about either one is talking about relationships a time ago, or the other guys never had girlfriends before. Yeah. Um, or one may have had a, a girlfriend for a short time a couple of years ago, but none of them can talk to me about relationships. Yeah, it's, it's really hard being the first, They're, they're outside, they're yeah. dating, do you know what I mean? The ones that are dating, and there's, some of my male friends were, weren't even dating like that. They were just, they were just doing their thing. So I think it was definitely very hard being the one leading a pack. Yeah, I, Even I with agree. babies, but we'll talk about yeah, babies in another babies. episode. <laughs> it's like, um, you can't even yeah, help me. Yeah, no one can help me, help man. You're there at 3 a.m. in the morning awake. It's Lit- so lonely, what? my goodness. I think that's part of what contributed to, to uh, me feeling like I had postpartum depression. It was really lonely. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about babies in another yeah, episode. Yeah, we, we do, can need do that to do one. another episode. That's and how that affects your marriage as well. That's, that's yeah, a conversation to yeah, be had as well. Yeah. Especially couples that like get have a baby mm. like almost immediately after being married. Yeah, true. We'll definitely speak that changes for sure. the dynamic. Yeah, yeah. real. I definitely think it is challenging, obviously, being the first one in your friendship group, like leading a pack. Hundred percent. You're basically in your own, man. Basically. And you're figuring And yet out. you're still trying to maintain these friendships because they're your girls or they're your boys and you don't want to be out here with no friends. Literally. <laughs> it's really hard. There's yeah. even people that they, they lose friendships when yeah. they get married as well. And then you have the people that lose friendships and then it's like, but you can't be by yourself. No man is an island. You've got mm. no one to talk to now. The man is stressing you. You've got no one to talk to. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard on both, on both sides. We could definitely talk about that one for sure. That you get married and your friends are gone. I think they think that, oh, let me just leave them to it for a little while. They're getting married. But also, sometimes you need that person to talk to. It's quite lonely. It can be quite lonely, should I say. I think it's very, very poor that you can get married and your friends think, yeah, let me leave him. He's got his wife. She's got a husband. I think, though, it's like, I just think it's people not knowing, like, they don't want to overstep the boundaries. I think people think... overstepping the boundaries by being friends. But I think people... They, they get in their heads about it and think, oh, if I do this, then I'm overstepping the boundaries. And no. I think it's gotten a lot better now. Like, I think because someone's married, doesn't mean you can't still, you can't agreed, still do brunch agreed, with her, you know? Agreed, agreed, agreed. She's the same woman, you can still do brunch. Agreed. Do you know, I think people think she's with her man. Yeah, they do. Let her enjoy her man, she's having fun. Yeah, like, which she is. And I think a lot of the advice as well that we get at the time when you're getting married, especially when you're newlywed, it's like, enjoy each other, you know? Just just you to be an insular unit for a little while really just to get to know one another. <laughs> and I think that that advice to... might be a little bit outdated. Hello? I have an unpopular sometimes. opinion. Unpopular opinion. You should not be getting to know your partner in marriage. You shouldn't. If you don't know them before be marriage, know. it's a big mistake. <laughs> you should know your partner before you get married. But you there's going to be you... things that will come out no matter so how So there's well growth, you absolutely. But there's no way we can get married and all of a sudden you have an attitude. Huh? No, no, yeah, that I agree with. You. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've got a brother living in Swansea. <laughs> but the thing is, sometimes people do not bring their best selves. They don't bring their whole selves in in a relationship, and they only do it when they're married because they feel like, ah, oh, well, now I've got you. You can't go anywhere, so they start to tell you the truth. You'd be I'm surprised. Not, so many people. Alright, I'm not even asking to. you for your best or your worst. No, but it's happened to so many people because people automatically think that they have to cover things up in shit. Yeah, and this is why a lot of relationships are failing. Yeah, it's true. You can't wait till marriage before you tell me that your favourite colour is red. Of course. Or your, be- your favourite film is happens, Love and Basketball. It happens. It's very common even. Absolutely. It's very common that the divorce rate is high. <laughs> also true. It's always like 50% or something. I'm not sure what it is, but I know it's growing. I just think, yeah, this whole, yeah, leave and cleave, get to know your husband and your wife. What do you think I've been doing for the... Do you know how many years I've been with yeah, my wife before we got married, married, bro? Couple, I think, maybe. But I What's get it. Give me an example of a difference of how your husband and how you got to know your husband now in comparison to before. 
I mean, maybe he's living habits, but then I kind of already had an idea of them. Oh, but I don't think that's what they mean, though. I don't, unless that's what they mean. Do they mean get to know his living habits? Well, they say get to know him, get to no, know her. No, yeah, they just they t- kind of tell you to go and you know like just enjoy one another for a little while. Which we will do, but because we enjoy one another, it doesn't mean we can't keep our friendships. True. Do you think we're joining the hip? True. I think you can enjoy each other absolutely, but still we're your friends. But I think people really think. He's doing his thing, man. He's got his he's got his wife, she's got her husband. Still holler at her for brunch, homie. <laughs> if you stay in brunch Agreed. with her before, Agreed. do you brunch now. Agreed. Because when they have a baby now, they're gonna need the community. Hundred <laughs> percent. You I'll can't tell turn you around and say, Oh, she has a family, yeah. she has a husband. What they're gonna need a community. Literally. Everyone needs community, bro. Really do. You need it, man. It's 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 definitely important, but I think people just have this mindset of you know, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't even know where it stems from. I don't Probably know if you can even blame the church. Probably the scripture. <laughs> it's bad, man. It's it's definitely bad if that's if that's where we're getting it from. If that's where we're taking it from, I think it's definitely important to obviously still maintain the relationship. Don't get me wrong; you might not be as close, but still have that. Do you know what I mean? Relationship. Call the married friend. Call them. Ask them. What if their marriage is not going according to plan? Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to help them then? Exactly. Um. Which is why I definitely think it's obviously important. So whilst pastors might tell us, yeah, leave and cleave. Leave and cleave, absolutely, but still maintain your friends. However, I think it's on a friend, though. I don't even think it's on a married couple. I think it's on a friend to still, like, how are you? I know you're married, but how are you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know, actually. Because I feel like when I first got married, I was, I was, I deliberately made the effort because I knew everybody would be thinking, oh, Oh, she's married now. And because wrong, I was though. the first, I was like, I feel like Loki, I'm going to have to make this effort because I don't want my friends are important to me and I, I'm not well, afraid not make, to, not to be the one making one the effort. No, because when I was, to be fair, I had a serious conversation with all my friends before and I was like, guys, just because I'm getting married doesn't mean we can't be friends. And to be fair to all of them, they really took that message and they, they treated me the same as they treated me before. So it wasn't anything different. Mm. But I also made sure that I made an effort because I didn't want them to think that, oh, I'm now always... Is it on always... you to make the effort then? Because that... It's, it makes, I get it makes what you're think... saying, but ultimately for me, I just didn't care about pride. I was just like, so my it. friends are important, so I don't That's really it. care. So are that... you happy, hypothetically speaking, are you happy being the person that always calls a friend and the friend don't call you? But it's not like that because no, it, it's, mutual, it's mutual. Because obviously you said you had to make the most effort, right? It wasn't even like they weren't making an effort. I was just making sure they knew, yo, I'm about. And then they oh, just okay. reciprocate. So it wasn't It wasn't like, oh, they're not making effort. Let me make an effort. Mm. It was literally the same as before. Mm. I just made sure I kept on communicating, yo, I'm about, yo, I'm about. And mm. it was reciprocated. Mm. I think that's obviously important then. Is obviously making it clear that you are about because I think couples exactly um, will get married. And some couples I, I don't do think do we, that. I don't they think do we go into love, and I, so that makes people think even more so. Well, all married couples do that when they get married. Yeah, probably some couples do, and then they'll realize at a certain point that they actually need their friends. Exactly. Yeah, I think obviously I can take I can see both sides. Married couples need to do better and not just wander away, but at the same time, I think friends do need to realize that just because someone's getting married, it doesn't mean. You True, leave them to their own devices. I agree. I completely agree. Which I think happens quite often because you realise people get married, then their friendships start shifting. I mean, friendships start shifting from the engagement period. I think during that engagement period where you're planning your wedding, friends, you you really, I think you really do see your friends when it comes to that engagement period. But it's also such a stressful time in your life anyway. And also, one thing I've learned is to give people grace. Like everyone is not going to prioritise your wedding, you know. 
or it would prioritize your your current season of life because they also have stuff going on themselves. You don't need to prioritize, but just just it's the way we treat one another. True, true. Like if you're if you're a groomsman, for example. True. Be a groomsman, bro. Why True. me? He's getting married. Why am I chasing my groom? What on earth is that, bro? But I think, especially when you're the first, sometimes people don't. People don't always understand the etiquette. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They have no idea. Yeah, they don't. Until they have no idea. But because I feel like because I was one of the first, I, I I got. I think if I wasn't the first, one of the first, I wouldn't have seen it. I probably might not have seen it as well myself. But now when I no, when I do still, bridesmaids I duties, I know what it's like. So I'm extra like yo. Do I think you it's need something anything? like communication though. Like for example, yeah. If you, as a fiancé, if you say, right, ladies, I need you lot to do this by a certain date, one person don't, don't do it, why? Yeah, that one is just nonsense. That why? means they don't respect your time. That's what I'm saying. And things like this, because obviously your best men or your, not your best men, your groomsmen, your bridal party, yeah, they don't respect your time. Your bridal party should be the people that they are dark. Yeah, they don't respect your time. Thank God that never happened to me, boy. My bridal party. I realise some of my mates are yeah, some of my mates, are, some people at my wedding, I don't, I haven't spoken to yeah, them in same. time. Some people that were at my wedding, I, I'm not even like, have, I'm not even friends with them anymore. Not that even we fell Griezmann, out or anything. One of my Griezmann I ain't spoken to in time. <laughs> Someone who was supposed to be uh, one of my Griezmann, that's a replacing because he was doing Shakara. Really? Just, I haven't spoken to that person in time. Oh, thank God. And I'm the type, yeah, I'm the fault. type, yeah. If I'm always hollering at you, I'll give up. Yeah, and same. I, I don't generally care for the friendship speaking, that much. It's yeah, not that deep to me. Generally speaking... I can't be the one always calling. Am I your mentor, bro? Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> like, we're supposed to be friends. I might be older than you. It doesn't mean I'm your mentor. Yeah, I hear that. I can't keep... I can't be the one always calling, calling, I think calling. I'll, that I'll pack that friendship in. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, I thank God that that was not my experience. I'm still friends with every single one of my bridesmaids, except for one. Although we're still friends, but it's a bit it's a bit rocky at the moment. But yeah. <laughs> you had a good life, man. Yeah, life. I did. And I, I do try to... I think it works. That's why I do think it works both ways. I, I think we have to understand as as the people who are married that everyone's not going to prioritise you and your friends should also understand that you need them as well. So I think it Why works. It's a two-way... You? Why can't they prioritise you? Do you sure. think just because they're not married doesn't mean they haven't got things going on themselves as well? Everyone has I, stuff that they... Like, you I know, do life agree. Is hard. I, think, I think friendships is all about making the extra effort. It though. is. It regardless is. of wedding, you know. Regardless of wedding. Or if you told me you need me, yeah... And I'm not even your boy like that. If yeah, you told me you is. need me, I'm gonna go out of my way to help you. It is, and I'm that I'm that kind of person too. I'm not. I'm not your bestie. Like I'm not. I was not gonna mention your best friend's name. So I'm not <laughs> one of them. Do you know what I mean? He's about to say her name, isn't it? That's what made me laugh. I'm not one of them. Like, but if you tell me you need me, I'm there. Yeah. What else am I, what no, am I, I hear doing? that. But then that just goes to show that's the kind of person you are. And I'm like that as well. But what I'm learning is that not everyone's just naturally like that. Then what's this friendship about? Is it banter? Boy. Is this friendship about entertainment, or because we because we go to the same, we went to the same uni? That's why we're friends. That's another story for another another episode. <laughs> or because boy. we went to the same church, or we're both Christians. That's another story for another episode. The whole friendship situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's just interesting how, how things change when one gets married. But anyway, I think change. we can conclude there. Um, all right, conclude for us, and we can wrap up. Oh my gosh. Um. So yeah, I think with marriage, talk, talk to the talk to the people who are about to get married. So for those of you who are about to get married, all I would say is just go into it with a with positive expectations. Don't compare your situation to anybody else's marriage. I was listening to a um 
a podcast uh, this earlier, another podcast this week. It's with the Perrys, and they were talking about um, ways to guard your heart in marriage. So if you're going, to, if you're married or about to get married for the engaged people, I would say hundred percent guard your heart in your marriage. Make sure that you speak positively of your spouse. Don't compare your spouse to another person's spouse. Don't look at somebody else's end result and exp- end result as in. 10 years 20 years into their marriage and expect your marriage to turn out like that immediately give it time um things will always grow have people around you who support you who support your marriage and who are for both of you so that you can seek godly counsel when things when things get difficult because they do because that's lie but yeah that's that's the advice i would say it's great advice thanks a lot for listening guys really do appreciate it it's the real to real family we're signing out Peace. Peace.